Ajinria and Bolcha Peak Mountain, together with the Great Gathering of Sangha monks, the Great Gathering of Sangha Bodhisattvas. At that time, the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expressed the Dharma called profound illumination. And at the same time, Noble Abhiteshwar, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way, he saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. And through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to Noble Abhiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, how should a son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita? Addressed in this way, Noble Abhiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, a son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way, seeing the five senses of the empty of nature, form is emptiness, emptiness also is form. Emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics, there is no birth, no cessation, there is no impurity and no purity, there is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye, dhatu, up to no mind, dhatu, no dhatu of dharmas, no mind, consciousness, dhatu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita, fully awakened to unsurpassable truth, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering, should be known as truth since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Te Yata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangati Bodhisoha. Thus, Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that Samadhi and praised Noble Abhuteshwara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and Noble Abhuteshwara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and Gandharvas rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One.
So uh, we are going to uh, once again begin the introduction to uh, Buddhism, and uh, in the Tibetan, uh, we're going to begin on page three. But in the English, it's actually the part right after the prologue, and it is on page. 34, where we're going to begin. Um, the, there's a separation of chapters you'll find in the Tibetan, but it's on the same page as the prologue in the English, so we just have to begin in the second uh, section here on page 34, where it begins on page 3 in the Tibetan. What the... <coughs> And so in the be uh, beginning, uh, in the first uh, section uh, where we're going to address in the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, we have the preliminary instructions. Uh, so some preliminary uh, instructions are given, uh, and there is a, a basis or a summary of what will uh, be explained. And this text, the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, is actually a commentary on an earlier text composed by the great Indian master, Lord Atisha, called The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment. Uh, and we can say that this Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment is a summary of all of the speech of the conquerors. We can state that all of the teachings of Sutra and Tantra, all the teachings of the Hinayana, all the teachings of the Mahayana, can be found in a summarized format in this text called The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment. So this text by Lama Tsongkhapa, which is called The Great Treatise on the Stages of Enlightenment, um, is actually a commentary on that earlier text. Mm -hmm. 
just as all of the water that um, falls from the mountains and the rivers all over the world, everywhere, eventually ends up in the ocean, um, all of the conqueror's speech of the sutra and tantra and hinayana and mahayana is said to um, uh, be summarized uh, and found uh, contained within the ocean of the lamp for the path to enlightenment. Uh, so the lamp for the path to enlightenment um, um, uh, um, can, uh, encompasses all dharmas just as the uh, ocean uh, um, and uh, all waters eventually lead into the ocean. So this is the meaning of this. Sanjeeku <laughs> So uh, here it says, here the teaching that I will explain is how fortunate beings are led to Buddhahood by the way of the stages of the path to enlightenment and first contain the key points of all the conqueror's scriptures. So uh, as just explained, it contains all of the, the points of the conqueror's scripture and are the pathways forged by the two great trailblazers, Nagarjuna and Asanga. And uh, if we look at Buddhism, we can divide uh, um, Buddhist 
Buddhist doctrine uh, into four different tenets or four tenet systems. Uh, the first is called the Great Exposition School or the Vabhashika. The second is the Sutra School or the uh, Sutrantika. The third is the Mind Only School or Chittamantra. And the fourth is the Middle Way School or the Madhyamaka. And uh, the uh, Great Exposition School uh, and the Sutra School are considered the lower schools. And after Buddha's passing into Nirvana, uh, those schools were the schools that remained more prevalent, um, and there was a decline in the higher views of the mind-only school, um, and a decline in the, the view of the middle way, middle way view. Um, so Buddha was asked um, after that uh, to prophesize um, uh, what would become of these teachings, um, uh, of, of these higher teachings, and who would then. Uh, be able to bring them into this world system uh, after the teachings have declined. And then uh, Lord Shakyamuni Buddha prophesied that 400 years after his passing into Nirvana, uh, there would uh, come a, a child who would uh, become known as Nagarjuna. Um, and he would be the uh, one who would blaze the trail of the Madhyamaka, or blaze the trail of the middle way phil philo uh, philosophy school. Um, so. Uh, then the Buddha prophesied that 900 years after my passing into uh, Nirvana, a master named Asanga will arrive and he will uh, blaze the trail um, of the Chittamantran school or the mind-only school, which would include the explanation of the stages of the path as contained within the ornament for Maitreya's ornament for clear realization. Uh, so uh, these two great masters, Nagarjuna and uh, Lord Asanga, were prophesied by Buddha, Nagarjuna being responsible for the middle way view, and Asanga being responsible for the uh, mind-only view. Um, so they were uh, responsible for bringing the views back into uh, the systems because of the decline uh, and because of the only the prevalence of the, those lower schools of great exposition and sutra school. So the, the um, mind-only school and the um, middle-way school are considered uh, schools of the great vehicle. Um, and the um, uh, great exposition school and the sutra school are considered schools of the Hinayana or lesser vehicle. So then, uh, when the decline um, uh, of these uh, 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 systems occurred, uh, the decline of the mind-only uh, view uh, and the decline of the middle-way view, uh, it is said that um, Nagarjuna blazed the tr was a trailblazer who blazed the trail of the middle-way view uh, with his six treatises. Um, so Nagarjuna has six treatises uh, which uh, um, brought back or was responsible for the uh, um, yeah, just bringing back the middle-way view, reaffirming it. So then, uh, 
So then um, uh, the master of Sangha uh, was brought to the uh, Tashita Pure Land um, by uh, Lord Matraya uh, and um, spent the equivalent uh, uh, one day, which was the, the Nimachik Ngatsu Nimangapju. Uh, okay, so just a morning in this realm is similar to 50 years in the human realm. So he was brought to this uh, Tashita land and then uh, was taught uh, um, these texts and then brought uh, um, the five treatises of uh, uh, Matreya uh, um, into our system and then wrote various commentaries uh, such as the um, grounds and paths and so forth. <coughs> so here it says, are the pathways forged by the two great trailblazers, Nagarjuna and Asanga? And the meaning of this is that all of the, um, uh, the meanings contained uh, within the teachings of Asanga relative to the mind-only view and Nagarjuna relative to the middle-way view can be found... Uh, Within this text, the lamp for the path to enlightenment. What that? Somba the naba thaji, naba thaji chambi saradrebi chuchu chulus. That laundry the tijengi tenjuta theme tenju karusena theba chambi tenju. Theba chambi tenju ge tenju tenju je ane karusore. Dona karushi karusena tenye kengi duya the sanji salchi karus. Nyomo ba the shiji. So the next it is, are the system for supreme beings pro progressing to the state of omniscience? So if we were to ask um, this um, lamp for the path to enlightenment, uh, what is the system's, uh, what is the system's support or the system's purpose? We would state that it is a system which uh, um, is de most definitely uh, a great vehicle system because it leads one to the grounds of the Buddha. Um, so if we were to say, is this a lesser vehicle system about the text or a, a great vehicle system, we would state that it is most definitely a great vehicle system uh, because it leads beings to the, the grounds of Buddha. And it leads those beings through the various pathways, <coughs> such as the path of accumulation, path of preparation, the path of seeing, the path of meditation, and the path of no more learning. Uh, so it allows one to uh, um, arrive at the Buddha grounds by eradicating the uh, imprints of the afflictions, uh, or the obstructions to omniscience. So it allows one to get rid of those uh, which uh, inhibit him or her, or keep him or her from the state of omniscience. So therefore it is a system uh, which uh, um, allows su for supreme beings progressing to the state of omniscience. So, uh, contained within 
uh, the lamp for the path to enlightenment are all of the stages of the path or the five Mahayana paths. Um, um, so uh, in the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, we find a mantra, a Sanskrit mantra, that says, Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha. And this mantra refers um, implicitly to those five paths uh, uh, just mentioned. So the uh, great vehicle, uh, five great vehicle paths. The path of accumulation uh, is implicitly meant within the first gate. The path of preparation uh, is meant uh, implicitly within the second gate. Uh, the path of seeing part, uh, is meant implicitly within the paragate. Uh, path of meditation is meant implicitly within parasamgate. And the path of no more learning is meant implicitly in bodhisoha. So all of those paths are, that are contained implicitly within that mantra found in the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge can be found in the uh, lamp for the path to enlightenment as well. What that teva chembi then tholma jola tosu yongala then rinda thumu nari kono thulu gures rinda thumu nari. So in order for the occurrence of, of this great vehicle to take place, it's necessary to have the teachings uh, that are shared in common. Um, and then uh, we have one category that is called the teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity. Um, and then there are five paths that are related to uh, the lesser vehicle um, uh, where one initially has a desire to achieve the state of liberation, to have a freedom from cyclic existence. Um, and then he or she progresses the five lesser vehicle paths, path of, uh, lesser vehicle path of accumulation, preparation, seeing, meditation, and no more learning. So uh, we find um, those teachings that are uh, <coughs> in a category of teachings called teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity. So, just as uh, in order for a child to be produced, uh, he or she needs to have parents, uh, those causal factors uh, must be present in order for a child to arise or be born. Uh, likewise, the um, great vehicle is a result that is dependent upon its causes. And we can state that the teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity would be those that which causes the great vehicle. Um, so uh, um, all, the result of the great vehicle relies upon its cause, which uh, um, is the teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity. <laughs> Dubas, 
So then the fourth says that fully comprise all of the stages practiced by the three types of persons. So here the three types of persons uh, are from uh, are once again found in the lamp for the path to enlightenment uh, uh, lamp for the path to enlightenment where Atisha uh, summarizes it by stating that uh, uh, there let it be known that there are three uh, types of persons and here this is referring to um, the stages of the path for beings that are shared in common with the I'm sorry, that are shared in common with beings of small capacity, the stages of the path that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity, and the stages of the path for beings of great capacity. So here, where it says three types of persons, this refers to the capa um, person's capacities. Uh, um, so the, uh, uh, we, we say three persons or three capacities, but meaning is capacity of that person or capacity of that practitioner. So the three here are the shared in common with small teachings that are shared in common with meeting, medium, uh, and then the teachings for beings of great capacity. Uh, so this is what this refers to. So there are no teachings in Buddhism that fall outside of the realm of these three categories. So there is not a teaching in Buddhism that can be found outside of these three different capacities. So um, we then the meaning of this is that within the lamp for the path to enlightenment, all of the, the stages of the path for those three types of persons are contained. So in a sense, in essence, all of Buddhist teachings are contained. That ね、Chemosun so, 
Then when we look at the word religion, uh, we're going to use the word dharma, specifically uh, speaking within this context. Uh, the word chu can be translated as religion or dharma. So the word dharma uh, refers to that which is a cause for happiness in future lives. It doesn't refer to uh, um, things that bring about some sort of happiness in this life. This isn't what we're referring to when we use the word religion or dharma. Uh, religion or dharma um, is different than worldly um, activities. Worldly activities such as work, uh, some sort of business that we engage in. Um, uh, this would be work, uh, this would be uh, worldly work. Um, whereas religion or dharma refers to that which produces some sort of result in future lives. Uh, um, outside of this life, beyond uh, um, the time of our death in this life. Um, so, um, we all recognize uh, that uh, we wish to have happiness, and then in recognizing that, recognize that others also want to have that happiness. So, when we say the word religion, or we say the word uh, dharma, we're speaking of that which is the cause for happiness, but that happiness specifically is to occur in future lives in some way. So, if it is outside of, uh, if it is outside of the realm of looking for happiness in this life, and it is um, 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 focused on happiness in future lives, then we can posit it as religion or as dharma. Uh, because if one wishes to have happiness, happiness is a result, and all results necessarily depend upon their causes. So if one wishes to have happiness, it's necessary to create the cause of that happiness. So it's necessary to cause that which will create the throwing uh, um, karma that will uh, propel us into a state of happiness. So um, that is what religion is. Uh, religion is uh, um, th that which will uh, produce the result of happiness for I or you or he or she um, in future lives. So it's the cause of that happiness. It's what propels one into that happiness. So if it is outside of the realm of this life and focused on that future life happiness, we can assert that it is religion. So these uh, stages of the path of the small, medium, and great are all uh, referred to that which will uh, cause happiness in future lives. ジャブルベルスプレゼンテーションねそれじゃあですシャンハジュテマスあのこげだアティジャチドバイオジロコあのゴンバネチュデンジコレジャボスクラこれどうしもじゃあですあのアティジャでたちょこれじゃばでアブ
Um, there is a story during the t uh, time of Lord Atisha, when Lord Atisha went to Tibet, and he came uh, upon a man um, who was circumambulating the temple. Um, and he went up to the man and he said, it's very wonderful that you're circumambulating this temple, but when will you begin uh, to practice Dharma or religion? So uh, the man was very perplexed because he was engaging in a religious activity of circumambulating the temple. So then the next day came, uh, and he got out uh, some bechas, some books, uh, and began to recite them. And Atisha came um, and said, uh, this is very good uh, that you're reciting these prayers, reciting these texts, but when are you going to start, uh, when are you going to practice religion or dharma? Uh, so the, the man, now completely perplexed, because uh, he can't figure out why what he's been doing isn't dharma, says, I must go to receive a teaching from Lord Atisha on what religion or dharma is. Um, and he walked up to Lord Atisha and he said, please explain to me what this dharma, what this religion is. Uh, and Lord Atisha simply said, throw away this life, look to the future. <laughs> Okay, so this human basis that we currently possess uh, has so many abilities. Uh, and we possess this mind, this human mind uh, that is so intelligent, uh, very smart. Um, but we cannot endure, unfortunately, in, in this basis. It's, this basis is by nature impermanent, uh, momentary, uh, and we will not remain. Um, we can look uh, at our, our family lineage of our mother's 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 mother, father's 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 father, and we will find that um, all of those uh, within that lineage of our family have perished. Uh, so we certainly will as well. Uh, so they are no longer with us So because they are impermanent. Uh, so because we are also impermanent, uh, this, this basis that we have uh, will perish. <laughs> And then we have the history to look at. We have George Washington. We have Abraham Lincoln. We have all of these figures that are no longer with us. They have perished. So we will So this means we definitely will die. And then some die when they're young. Some die when they're middle-aged, some die when they're older. There is no certainty of when this will occur. Uh -huh. so, because we are smart, we're able to think we're able to analyze, we are able to say, uh, is there a future life? Does this exist? Does something beyond this life exist? Uh, we can engage in an analysis. 
And there are those, such as the nihilists, who believe that there is nothing beyond this. There is no existence uh, um, beyond this life. Um, so whatever one wishes to do in this life has no consequence. There is, uh, uh, one can behave in any way that he or she wishes to. Um, so uh, we, we see that uh, we're smart, so we're intelligent, so we're able to analyze these things, and nihilists have come to this conclusion. So, but there is a future life, and it's like getting out of an old hotel and moving into a new hotel. It's getting rid of this rotten, this corpse, uh, and then moving into another body. So there is definitely a future life, and that's what we can compare it to, the process of leaving an old hotel and moving into a new hotel, or uh, leaving a corpse behind to move into a new body. What does So because we will be taking on this new body, we will be a person who will want to have happiness and not want to have suffering. So if we wish to have happiness, then we have to say, we have to see what the cause of happiness is, and then we will find that it is religion, and that is why we sh we practice religion because it is the cause of happiness. That's why we practice uh, dharma. So, when we look at future lives and the assertion uh, of the past lives, we see that many uh, animals, birds, dogs, cats, uh, um, uh, many um, uh, uh, children are dying, um, and then I'm sorry, are many animals, many old people are dying, and then many children are being born, or many new animals are being born. Uh, so where, uh, um, where are these new beings coming from? These new beings are coming from the previous lives of old beings. Uh, so this is where we can say uh, what is causing this arisal of a new being. It's the previous uh, beings who have passed. And translators note, not those exact same being types of beings, just previous beings of any sort that have passed. What did So this is a, 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 um, why we state uh, um, there is a, a future life. So if there is a future life, we will want to have happiness and not wish to suffer. So Buddhists, uh, when we uh, look at actions, um, and uh, um, we can categorize them into two separate categories, virtuous and non-virtuous. 
So then we have the um, uh, category of the ten virtuous activities uh, and the ten non-virtuous activities. So if we take just one of the ten non-virtues uh, um, uh, and use the example of harsh words, uh, harsh words, uh, engaging in harsh words, have different degrees of completion. And if uh, all, if the greatest degree of completion takes uh, takes place, it creates the greatest uh, result of suffering experiences, which is rebirth into a hell realm. If a medium degree of, of uh, harsh words is engaged in, then this creates rebirth into the uh, uh, hung hungry ghost realm. And if a small degree is engaged in, then this creates rebirth into the uh, animal realm. So uh, uh, harsh words. Uh, have three different degrees um, of results that are concordant with the degree of the uh, carrying out of the harsh words. So all of the ten non-virtues have these three degrees. But if one is about to engage in harsh words or yell at someone and then uh, uh, stops him or herself, so then this becomes the ethics, which is the abandonment of harsh words. And then the abandonment of those harsh words also have degrees of result that are concordant with the degree of action carried out. And the greatest degree uh, produces rebirth into the God's realm. The medium degree produces rebirth into demigod's realm. And a small degree produces rebirth in the human realm. So the Buddha has stated that these uh, um, ten non-virtues are considered misdeeds, and misdeeds will most definitely lead to suffering or the experience of suffering. Um, but the Buddha has stated that there are no misdeeds that are uh, beyond purification. So the Buddha has stated that if one applies the four opponent powers to any uh, sort of misdeeds, then it, the power of um, uh, um, the power to eradicate them is there. So there is a, a, a power of purification uh, um, that can take place to eradicate those misdeeds. So there is a, uh, if we look to examples of beings who have engaged in great amounts of misdeeds, uh, we find in the text, the letter, Nagarjuna's letter to a friend, different examples of beings who've engaged in great amounts of non-virtue. And one specific example is Angumala, uh, who engaged in the killing of 999 people. Um, and then after doing so, 
uh, met with the Buddha um, and was taught these four opponent powers and did not have to experience the result uh, of the suffering that uh, it would normally have had to experience and actually achieve a state of foe destroyer in that very lifetime as a result of relying on the four opponent powers of practice and acknowledging his downfalls. So how do we know if we have purified uh, our misdeed? We can see our signs in our dreams. So, uh, if our body is well, so if we are healthy mentally and physically, uh, so this is a qualification of uh, analysis of our dreams, if we are healthy mentally and physically, uh, then during the last stage of our dreams, uh, not the first stage, uh, uh, not the first influence stage, not the second influence stage, but the third stage of our dreaming uh, is where uh, analysis can take place. And if we have uh, dreams that we are eating very good food or having very nice drinks, uh, or climbing a mountain or uh, uh, seeing, uh, going into a temple, uh, or just waking up with a general good feeling at the end. Uh, um, so this third stage is right, you know, the last stage of our sleep before we get up. So, or just when we get up, right when we get up, having a very good feeling or a sense that uh, something good has happened also is a sign. So these are all signs of a purification of a misdeed. It's very similar to being bit by a snake. Uh, when one is bit by a poisonous snake, um, then that poison has the ability to produce a uh, great sickness. Um, but if a serum is given, uh, then that poison no longer has the power to produce that same uh, um, a serious illness. Uh, likewise, if the four opponent powers are applied to our misdeeds, they no longer have the power to produce uh, the suffering that they normally would. <laughs> So the um, first uh, set of teachings are called the teachings that are shared in common with beings of small capacity. Um, and we, when we speak of happiness in future lives, um, these teachings show the practitioner how he or she can abandon rebirth in the lower realms of the hell-hungry ghost and animal and achieve rebirth in the higher realms of the human demigods and gods. Uh, so these teachings that are called the teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity uh, uh, rely on uh, such practices as the abandonment, ethics which is an abandonment of the ten non-virtuous activities, uh, refuge in the three jewels, and acknowledgement of one's downfalls. Uh, so by engaging in these practices of refuge 
uh, abandonment or ethics, which is the abandonment of the ten uh, non-virtues um, and acknowledgement of one's downfalls, uh, one can achieve rebirth into the higher realms. Uh, so these are the stages of the path which lead one to the higher realms and called teachings that are shared in common with beings of small capacity. So then this practitioner within the teaching shared in common with beings of small capacity wishes to abandon the lower realms um, and achieve rebirth in the higher realms. But then a practitioner might not only recognize the suffering of the lower realms, but also recognize that the, suf the suffering of the higher realms, of the gods, demigods, and humans, and recognize that these beings um, also have the suffering of birth, aging, sickness, and death, uh, and they are bound by cyclic existence. So then, uh, the type of practitioner that recognizes this and then wishes to abandon cyclic existence and achieve a state of liberation, which is an abandonment of cyclic existence, um, relies on the teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity. So this is a practitioner who recognizes the um, downfalls of all of the realms within cyclic existence and then wishes to be free from them to achieve a state of liberation which is a freedom from uh, those realms and uh, the pathways which lead one to that freedom uh, are called the teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity. <laughs> Because even if one is abiding in the higher realms of the humans and the gods, one is only able to stay there as long as his or her karma has the potency to allow him or her to abide in that existence. Um, it's very similar to an arrow that's being shot into the sky. Sooner or later that arrow will lose its potency, that arrow will lose the power to keep going up and will surely fall. Likewise, when one abides in the higher realms, the karma that it takes to abide there eventually loses its ability to keep that being in his or her current status and then he or she most definitely falls to the lower realms. So this medium uh, uh, scope practitioner has a little bit of a higher thinking and realizes that these, the gods and the humans also have these sufferings. So it's a little bit of a higher thinking than the previous practitioner. So then if we're looking at what is at the root of this cyclic existence, we'll find that at the root of cyclic existence are karma, which is origin, and afflictions, which are origin.
so then, uh, in order to achieve this state, uh, one has to rely upon a path. And this is why the Buddha stated that this is the superior truth of path. Um, path uh, um, that Buddha was referring to were the three highest higher trainings. The highest higher training in ethics, the highest higher training in concentration, which utilizes as its object of observation emptiness, and the highest higher training in wisdom, which utilizes as its object <coughs> of observation emptiness. So the superior truth of path that the Buddha was referring to, which would lead one to liberation, is the three highest higher trainings. What is the Kasuru ダダのはでアンジェロニブのメメモとはのあいのイエス。ラッサ。ミメスラオミヨロトミヨアンジュヨアレ。ミヨミメスラオ。ミヨメスラオ。ミヨメスラオ。ミヨメスラオ。ミ
Um, and then we engage in action because we are attached and we are angry. And then the actions that we engage in then produce experiences of suffering. Um, so the opposite of this mistaken view, uh, which grasps at true establishment, is the understanding that things are not truly established. Um, so the understanding that things are not truly established serves as an, a direct opponent to the mistaken <coughs> view that grasps at true establishment. And because it serves as an opponent to that, it serves as an opponent to that which it creates, such as anger and attachment. So, then it's the, so because it serves as an opponent to the anger and the attachment, it serves as an opponent to that which the anger and attachment creates, uh, which is action, and then the action creates experience of suffering. So the, the understanding that things are not truly established serves as an opponent to the afflictions and the actions and the experience of suffering that those create. So the eye so sees uh, a form, the eye is able to see a color, and a shape. If there wasn't an eye that exists, there'd be no way to uh, eye. There would be no eye to apprehend such things. So there is an existing eye. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Tumbala, idna kadu yogu duas, idna kadu guru duas. Ane miki ambusingi guru du. Ko miki takin kalaj guru du. Mabu ju tumbala tu ne miki zo thongu du ma du. So in order for one to, um, uh, for instance, in order for the eye to apprehend a form, there must be an object uh, for apprehension to take place, a shape or a color. Uh, there must be an eye, there must be eye consciousness and eye sense power. Um, an empowering condition um, and based on uh, this collection of events and things that come together we state that there is uh, seeing taking place but there is no seeing that we can find that is exclusive of this collection that is nominally designated as seeing seeing comes into being uh, um, by a name which is named on top of a basis of designation, which here refers to all of the, the different things that come together to create this event that then is just named as seeing a form, or eye, the eye apprehending a form. But the eye and the ear, and all of all are, are very similar. The, this explanation of the hearing things or seeing things are very similar. Okay. Okay, I get So then if we say there's no I or ego, I'm going to use the word ego just for a minute. Uh, there's no ego, uh, then there's no I that's going, there's no I that's working. Obviously there is an I doing those things, so there is an existing I. So we can't say the I or the ego doesn't exist because it's going and working and Engaging. So uh, the I um, um, does not exist exclusive of a collection. 
Uh, and in the collection in this case refers to the five aggregates and the five elements and all of these things come together as a collection that serves as a basis of designation for the I. But there is no I that exists separately or exclusively of that nominal designation which is, ba which is imputed or placed on that basis of designation which is a collection. So there's no separate I from that imputation or nominal designation. So if we are to state then, uh, where is the I? Uh, and we say, is the I the form, is the aggregate, is it the feeling aggregate, is it the perception aggregate, is it the formation aggregate, is it the consciousness aggregate? Uh, is the eye the hand? Is the eye the leg? Is the eye my head? Uh, we won't be able to find a specific place that we can designate the eye as the hand, the head, or the arm. So then where am I? <laughs> so we can't say that I don't exist. So based on the, all of these aggregates or heaps coming together as a collection and serving as a basis of designation, then they are named or nominally designated as the I. So we look at the example of uh, President Obama. Uh, Obama existed before he was President Obama, but then voting took place uh, and governmental procedure took place, and then he was nominally designated as President Obama. But there was no President Obama before this collection came together that served as this basis of designation for calling him President Obama. So in dependence upon a collection that serves as a basis of designation, we name it, for instance, Jeff. <laughs> so if there is some ex uh, uh, exclusive I that is separate from this name, then we would say that it is uh, independent and that it is truly established. So the belief that uh, there is something separate from the name or something, uh, uh, something independent of the name is a mistaken view in the same way that believing a rope is a snake is a mistaken view. So um, recognizing uh, that the rope is a rope and is not a snake is what serves as the opponent to the grasping at the rope is a snake. <laughs> so if uh, someone were to come into a room where someone was scared uh, because he or she believed there was a snake and said, 
oh, don't worry, there's not an elephant in the room, uh, that doesn't serve as an opponent to the fear that there's a snake. One has to know for certain that the rope is a rope and it's not a snake, and that's the only opponent. So if I recognize that I am not truly established, then this serves as an opponent to or a harmer of uh, the belief that I am truly established. It's a harmer or opponent. The word is really harms, but we, it's opponent we use as well. So the result of the grasping at true establishment is the afflictions, um, the afflictions and the karma. The dancing jepo nyomon dan lay lay jepo dungyao. Okay. So um, the grasping at true establishment um, creates the afflictions and the karma that then create the um, uh, experience of suffering. Um, but if one is able to abandon the grasping at true establishment, then that is able to abandon the afflictions and abandon the action and abandon the um, uh, suffering that is created. And the state of abandonment of suffering is called liberation. So then once one has uh, reached that state, which is an abandonment of suffering, then he or she is called a foe destroyer. Um, uh, and there are uh, different... Uh, um, Just, uh, I, I don't I want to make sure it's literal, but uh, so just because one is a foe destroyer doesn't mean that uh, he or she has the realizations of the Buddha. Because we know in the case of Shariputra and Mugiputra, uh, they were both foe destroyers um, and had abandoned suffering, uh, but were not um, uh, fully realized Buddhas. Mm -hmm. East. Okay. Uh, so uh, there is a story um, that shows how the lesser vehicle um, um, clairvoyance does not equal the great vehicle clairvoyance uh, because the story of Mugiputra, um, who was a foe destroyer of the lesser vehicle and had the lesser vehicle clairvoyance um, and was, when his mother died, uh, was tried to use his clairvoyance to figure out where she um, had been born. Uh, and he was unable uh, to, even as a foe destroyer, uh, find her, um, and actually went to Lord Buddha to ask if he was able to know. And Lord Buddha stated that um, his mother was very, very far away in the eastern direction. Um, and because uh, um, Putra um, only had the clairvoyance of a lesser vehicle practitioner, 
uh, he was not able to see um, into that f as far as the Buddha because the Buddha had the great vehicle um, um, uh, clairvoyance or great vehicle uh, realization. Uh, so just translators note, the great vehicle faux destroyer and great vehicle uh, and lesser vehicle faux destroyers, there are both. Great vehicle faux destroyers of Buddha. So what's the difference? Mugiputra is a photo destroyer, Buddha is a photo destroyer. The difference is um, in the um, objects of abandonment. Um, the uh, lesser vehicle photo destroyer has abandoned the afflictive obstructions um, but has not abandoned the obstructions to omniscience. So the uh, imprints of the afflictions have not been abandoned by that lesser vehicle practitioner. Only the afflictive obstructions have been. Uh, therefore, he or she um, is not omniscient because obstructions to omniscience are present or obstacles to omniscience are present. Uh, the, the Buddha photo destroyer has eradicated not only the afflictive obstructions, but the obstructions to omniscience as well. And what those obstructions to omniscience are, are the imprints of those afflictions, are imprints of afflictions. So in order to get rid of or eradicate the imprints of the affliction, it's necessary to have a union of the wisdom realizing emptiness and bodhicitta, the mind that aspires to enlightenment. Uh, in order for the great bird, uh, great goose, to fly um, over an ocean, it's necessary to have two wings. And likewise, uh, in order for uh, um, a being to go to the other side of to Buddhahood, uh, it's necessary to have the two wings of method and wisdom, uh, um, the wisdom realizing emptiness um, and the mind that aspires to enlightenment. So uh, that's a, a, a quote we find um, in the text of the Mighty Mika Avatara. So, Okay, so when we speak of uh, the mind that aspires to enlightenment, uh, this falls categorically under the great vehicle, uh, under the great vehicle dharma. So when we speak of the mind that aspires to enlightenment, or bodhicitta, uh, this is in the great vehicle lineage, great vehicle dharma. So the three, um, uh, the, the teachings for beings of three capacities can be found summarized within the lamp for the path to enlightenment. So because of that, we can say that that is the subject matter that will be dealt with in the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, because it's a commentary on that text. So that's the subject matter. Nyazolambi Rimba Tanji Masama Meba 
so the great uh, path to enlightenment explain as the lamp for the path to enlightenment did all of the uh, key points of the conqueror's scriptures the pathways of the great trailblazers of Nagarjuna and Asanga the system for supreme beings progressing to the state of omniscience fully comprise all the stages practiced by the three types of persons the three types of beings uh, so this will be the subject matter that is dealt with so then it says the glorious uh, the scholars of the glorious Nalanda are said to have explained the teaching by way of three purities so there's a tradition in Nalanda um, to explain the teaching uh, by way of three purities the first purity is the purity of the speech of the master um, the master's uh, speech must be very clean and correct. Uh, so this is what is referred to the purity of the speech of the master. It must be very uh, clear and clean, <coughs> clean correct, uh, without fault. The purity of the mind of the disciple. The, the mind of the disciple cannot <coughs> be imbued or mixed with wrong views. Uh, so the mind of the disciple has to have this as a basis, uh, free, free of wrong views. Um, and then the purity of the teaching that will be explained. The teaching that will be explained has to be a correct teaching. There cannot be an incorrect uh, instruction given. So when dealing with uh, Dharma, or uh, um, in the Nalanda masters explain the teachings uh, um, relative to these three purities. So uh, this was the tradition of the Nalanda scholars. What Nalanda the Jagu so all of the great greatest scholars that we hear of um, who have created the most important scholastic works such as Nagarjuna uh all of these uh, great masters uh, shanti deva uh, came out of nalanda monastery uh, so, uh, so many great scholars came uh, from this Nalanda monastery. So, this is why many of those many great scholars follow the tradition of the Nalanda scholars because of the great scholars that came from Nalanda. Nalanda, 
drove to death. Oh, born. Oh, okay. So the place uh, where Nalanda Monastery is is the birthplace of Shariputra. Uh, so where Shariputra was born is where Nal Nalanda uh, Monastery is. Shariputra Tronsak Sajat Nalanda Chasak Sajat Dule Jabu Ashukage and then Shariputra Tronsak Sajat Dule and then so then King Ashoka, uh, recognizing that this was where Shariputra was born, uh, had a, a <coughs> Benzukan Sulukan Kagi, a very big uh, uh, um, library built, uh, a big library built. Then 500 uh, um, practitioners of the great vehicle arrived and to stay there. Then it And then the great masters like Nagarjuna and uh, um, Asanga and so forth arrived. So the it began as a, a library and became a monastery and became bigger and bigger. And Shariputra was one of Buddha's retinue. One of Buddha's uh, company, company Lord Buddha. Uh, so the length of time that we're talking about from the Buddha, um, if we look at Shariputra, I know Shariputra being at the time of Buddha. And Buddha prophesizing that uh, 400 years after his passing, uh, then Lord uh, Nagarjuna would be born. Uh, and 900 years af after his passing, uh, Great Master Asanga would be born. We can kind of have a timeline or an idea of when these events took place relative to Lord Buddha and when Nalanda Monastery uh, must have been uh, um, thriving or when, when this was really occurring in historical time. Uh, so maybe uh, I thought some. Uh, if anyone has any questions, please do ask them, um, and we'll try our best. I'll try my best to translate them. And don't feel free to ask any question you want. There, stuff we've covered this evening or other questions about Buddhism. It's absolutely appropriate to ask any question. So maybe everybody's tired uh, um, and it was difficult. So why don't we uh, um, just then end class here uh, without a question and answers. Um, and let's do the concluding prayers uh, as in, we find in the book. And we'll just do them in English. Uh, so turning to page, uh, that, that end section again. And it's, I think, maybe two pages from the back or something. So, the concluding mandala offering um, and dedication prayer in English. Uh, everybody. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. 
May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of the Bhagavad the shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to the Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised and supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In the heavenly realm of Tibet, surrounded by a chain of snow mountains, source of all happiness and health for beings is tented Yatso Chenra's May his life be secure for hundreds of Kalpas. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandak, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance.